The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I won't let my body outweigh. Outweigh everything that I'm made of Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I am strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the mirror while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outway fam. Amy here, and I'm back for week two with Crystal Lunenschloss. I get, I'm, yes. yes. <laughs> Again, I'm so excited to be sitting with her. She's based here in Nashville with me, but I was connected to her through Kat Tafata, who's come on Outway a few times. She's my therapist friend that also hosts a podcast called You Need Therapy. And I love that y'all are friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lisa, who co-hosted the podcast with me, she's a registered dietitian based out of New York, and she has recently stepped away. So to have you fill in for, you know, last week and the next two weeks is special because I like to have an expert by my side. Because again, as someone that's in recovery, I still sometimes don't always know, you know, what could be triggering to someone and I want to be held accountable. If I were to say something, I would want an expert by my side to be like, oh, wait, actually, that's not how we would say it. it might be better if we put it this way. So I'm thankful for Crystal's expertise. For people that maybe didn't listen last week, Crystal, can you give your credentials real quick? Yeah, I am a, a certified eating disorder registered dietitian in Nashville. I own a group 
practice where we treat eating disorder, men and women with eating disorders, we treat exercise addiction, and I specialize more in the higher acuity clients um, that are struggling and also male and female body image issues. So today we're talking about what is normal eating? I've talked on the podcast before about eating adequately, and that's something I had to learn to do in the early stages of my recovery. And I just couldn't even understand, well, I don't even know what adequate is for me because I have eaten like a ping, ping, ping pong ball all the time. Like I ate all different kinds of ways. I didn't eat. I ate too much. I ate this. I was binging. I was purging. You know, you mentioned exercise addiction. I didn't have an addiction, but that's also that I, when I learned in the early stages of my recovery that purging wasn't for me. I was someone I purged in a way where I got rid of the food, Mm -hmm. but some people will exercise for, you know, hours on end. And that is considered a purge. Mm -hmm. And that was new information to me. And so exercise addiction, we're going to get into the normal eating, but I, I feel like people know about, you know, addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol, but there really can be an addiction to working out. There's a whole spectrum of exercise disorders out there. Exercise addiction is one of them where it's out of our control. There's exercise compulsivity where we're really compulsive with it. I feel something there and then we kind of react by exercising to medicate obligatory exercise disorders where the not exercising is not an option. You know, so we're obligated to do that, whether we're sick, injured, no matter what our schedule is, all the things we're going to fit it in. There's exercise bulimia, like you mentioned, where we're kind of purging calories that as well. And there's also exercise avoidance, you know, just absolute exercise. Uh, We're avoiding exercise because we're also avoiding our bodies and our move and movement. Or it can be based in trauma as well, for sure. Well, thank you for expanding on that. I just wanted you to share it since you said that's something that you specialize in. So let's pivot to... What is normal eating? That is a great question. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not a simple answer because nor, what's normal for one person is not normal for the other person. So when I think of normal eating, I think of really finding what feels right, uh, what is working for a person. So Ellen Satter is a registered dietitian and she created the Ellen Satter Institute. And one of the things is uh, she had a beautiful definition of what normal eating is. And I have it pulled up that I, and I would love to share it with everyone. She says, normal eating is going to the table hungry and eating until you're satisfied. It's being able to choose food you like and eat it and truly get enough of it, not just stopping to eat just because you think you should. Uh, It is being able to give some thought to your food selection so you get nutritious food, but not being so wary and restrictive that you miss out on enjoyable food. It's giving yourself permission to eat something because you're happy, sad, or bored, or just because it feels good. It's three meals a day or four or five, or it can be choosing to munch along the way. It's leaving some cookies on the plate because you know you can have some again tomorrow, or it's eating more now because they taste so wonderful. Normal eating is overeating at times, feeling stuffed and uncomfortable. It can be undereating and wishing you had more. Normal eating is trusting your body to make up for mistakes in eating. And normal eating takes up some of your time and intention, but keeps it in its place only one important area of your life. In short, normal eating is flexible. It varies in response to your hunger, your schedule, proximity to food, and your feelings. And so that really covers so much because eating is not perfect. We are not perfect as humans. So you know, if there was one right way of eating, that's literally what a diet is, and that clearly does not work. 
right? We know 95% of diets don't work. So, you know, when we, we define it as something as uh, really specific, it doesn't quite translate to every single person. So I love that this was kind of broad because it's giving yourself permission to do things, but it's also giving yourself permission to listen to your body. And I think that's the coolest thing. So what's normal is really figuring out what's unique to you and what feels authentic. And that's one of the things I work on with my clients is defining what is their authentic way of eating, because some people are genuinely foodies. You know, and I am personally not like I, I would love that. I just don't have time for that, you know, and so, <laughs> so I, I admire the people that love to go out all the places that's unique to them. But that might not work for some people. And that's again, like some people love to know where their food comes from, not from a disordered way. Right. But it's defined like, no, I just really as much as possible want to find where my food comes from. That is genuine to them. That might not work for somebody else. Like I just need to be able to go to the grocery store and get food for my family. You know, so it's defining those things and then learning how to listen to your body, but also know that like we're not perfect. Sometimes we're going to emotionally eat. But the difference is when it causes physical and emotional detriment, that's when it becomes more in that disordered realm. But that was really good. I'm going to, I took an extra bite or two. I'm kind of full, like, and you know, my body knows how to take care of that. It's trusting what your body is capable of doing, but also honoring what feels good to you. Well, and you know, you mentioned diets earlier and they're everywhere. And now what's happening, at least in my opinion, is that diet culture is catching on Mm -hmm. to everyone finally realizing, oh, diets don't work and I don't want to be a diet. So now they're disguising themselves and they're coming across as like anti-diet, but they're totally a diet. And then it's like we're continuously put in these boxes, but it's like we're also tricked. And you have to be very like in tune with what's happening and focusing on it because it's really easy to get wrapped up in it. And then you're in this box. And then the minute you deviate from the box, then you start to like freak out. So I love what you read because, it, yeah, it was all over the place yeah. and it gave you permission to either leave the cookies on the plate or have all yeah. of the cookies. There is no right or wrong way. I mean, I guess as me in a recovery, I'm like, well, actually, I mean, there is a wrong way. And it's that if I try to put myself back into a box, I mean, because I labeled myself as everything under the sun at any given season of whatever. And by seasons, I mean like different, whatever diet I was on. I was always an expert at whatever I was practicing at the time, whether Mm -hmm. it was I was vegetarian or I was vegan, but I did it under the disguise of, oh, well, I'm trying to get pregnant. And I read this book and it said, I can't have gluten, dairy, meat. But then also I still wasn't getting pregnant, but then I kept on like that just does. I kept digging into a deeper hole where I was eliminating, eliminating, eliminating. And then suddenly I only had a very small amount of foods I was allowed to have. And if I traveled, I would take all my food with me. And it was not normal eating. Right. (laughs) I thought it was because it was all under this like umbrella of quote unquote health. But I was definitely in a box. And I love that, you know, what you shared from Susan is there's like, a bunch of different boxes you get to jump jump in on any given day. Absolutely. And some people that's terrifying. Like yeah. they need boundaries. Like where are the boundaries people? <laughs> okay. You know. And so and that is kind of a clue that maybe we're not ready for like all the food freedom and that's where like getting some guidance is really helpful so that you do know. Like I don't trust myself that I'm not going to just have the cookies on the plate. I'm also going to have the cookies in the whole package and then I'm going to also go buy more. 
you know, and that's where that kind of crossing into more disordered versus normal kind of comes in when you don't necessarily feel safe. When I read that, what was coming to mind? Like, I can't do that. That's, you know, that sounds crazy or like, wow, that sounds so good and freeing and like, yes, you know. And just kind of depending what really comes up when you hear that is also kind of a clue that maybe you're in a box and you don't even know it. Yeah. And and then I remember being like, well, I'm the only person that's having these crazy thoughts or I'm the only person that eats this much in one sitting or I'm the only person that can't keep cookies in their house. Or if I do, yeah. yes, I have to eat them all, which makes me think of my binge times. And just, you know, what is your advice for someone that if you've recently had a binge for me, I would just obviously <laughs> resort to restriction. Yeah. But what's the best thing someone can do after they've in their mind had too much? The first thing to do is just acknowledge what happened. Because when we acknowledge like, I don't know what happened, and I'm out of control, that sounds very scary. You know, when we and it creates that lack of safety in our body that like, if we don't know what happened, then we can't do anything about it, you know? So kind of acknowledging that I overate, that didn't feel good to me. And then the next thing to do is we have to eat again. You know, your body will always deserve food and acknowledging that a binge is not going to physically feel well and your body still knows how to process food. It still knows how to digest and it's going to do that really, really well. No matter how full you might feel, it knows how to digest and utilize that energy. And then knowing that, you're going to eat the next meal, you know, like maybe drink a little bit more water to help with digestion too, but continuing to eat so that your body knows that it's safe because like you kind of described kind of a pendulum of like binging and then it swings to restricting. Well, your body knows when it's in feast and famine and when it continues to sway to the extremes, it can't create safety. So if you do have a binge, let your body know that it's still safe and that we have it. You know, I got you. That sucked. I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> and we're still going to get fed and I'm going to eat something that feels really good to me at that next meal, whatever that may be. But just know that like fueling your body after binges is really important. I'm glad. Yeah, we went over what even is normal eating because the best thing to do after a binge is to eat normally. I mean, look yeah. at that. It's full it circle. All, it all ties together. <laughs> and then also, too, just want to use this time as a reminder that you don't have to earn your food. We've said this over and over. And I think that that's something that can be said casually, even in jest of like, oh, you know, going out tonight, so I better go run. And we can even say that like, oh, plan on doing X, Y, and Z this weekend. So I'm going to either you know, right. restrict now or work out extra hard now. And it's something we can say, like, even with our friends and not even realize the impact. Maybe you can say that in jest and you have a healthy relationship-ish and you're just like saying it to be, you know, because everyone else says it, mm -hmm. but you never know who's sitting next to you that that's like, then they're like, oh, shoot, now I need to go earn my right. food. And so I just friendly reminder. Absolutely. Yes. The body is always work, doing really hard work and it requires food, even if we emotionally feel like we don't. The body well, doesn't know. It's and like, it, no, I'm, I'm it's like here. <laughs> what we talked about last Saturday about the brain and talking about, you know, you mentioned nourishment. Like if we want to experience true healing and anything, 
our brain is, well, like the biggest part of that. And if it's not properly nourished, it can't function to help get you there. Absolutely. <laughs> right. It, it needs proper nourishment to make new neural pathways, to use skills, to understand what happened when we did have a binge, you know, to understand and create safety with normal eating, you know, and, and eating consistently and feeling fullness, but also feeling the neutral space between fullness and hunger. You know, we go through this period of like, our bodies don't need food when it's nourished. And then it's going to tell you it's hungry and you're going to eat the next meal. But there's that period where we always have to find safety and and continuously fueling throughout the day. A few weeks ago, I had someone on that is uh, an expert in our hormones and cycles. Mm -hmm. And she just talked about the different seasons in every month that we as women experience and how sometimes if our period's about to come, we're trying to restrict and restrict and restrict, but it's like your body literally needs more calories. It's working really, really hard. It literally knows what it's doing. Yes. We are getting in its way. You're craving food for a reason. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for breaking down the question, what even is normal eating? Crystal Lunenschloss, y'all can find her at horizonnutritioncounseling.com. And again, Crystal's going to be back next Saturday. She's been on three episodes total and next Saturday will be her final, but not for good, not forever. I've really enjoyed Crystal. So I definitely want to have her, her back. And I'm just going to end with a quote that I actually pulled from something you had posted. I don't know if I saw it on your website or your Instagram, but it's unknown. And it says, you can never discover new oceans until you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Mm, So good. I'm just going to end on that note. All right. Thank you so much, Crystal. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride. And now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 